Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar reveals new details and potentially new relationships. Law and Crime Managing Editor Adam Klasfeld comes on to break down what this all means. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Well, we have another update for you in the sordid tale of deceased sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. New documents, including Epstein's private calendar, have revealed new meetings and potentially new relationships. Now, just taking a step back here, we remember who Epstein is. He was the ex-financier who was charged with sex trafficking of minors, but died in his jail cell awaiting trial from an apparent suicide back in 2019. But What do we also know about Jeffrey Epstein? We know that back in 2008, he pled guilty to state solicitation of prostitution charges out in Florida, all in an effort to avoid federal crimes. And he ended up serving 13 months in a work release program. Why is that date important? Why is 2008 important? I will tell you why. Because a review of Epstein's private calendar, which I just mentioned, has revealed never before disclosed meetings with prominent figures after he pled guilty to those sex crimes in 2008. This is coming from reporting by the Wall Street Journal. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, it is not clear what the nature of these meetings were or if they actually took place. But who are these people and what does this all mean? Well, time to bring in our Jeffrey Epstein expert, although I'm not sure he would love that title. So I'm going to give you a better title for him. The better one is managing editor of Law and Crime and the host of the Objections podcast, Adam Klasfeld. Adam, good to see you. Good to see you too, Jesse. And thanks for the revised title. Yeah, I, th- I figured you'd like that more. So, I mean, my goodness, I'm reading this Wall Street Journal report and it's being circulated by other outlets. They're saying he had meetings with the now director of the Central Intelligence Agency, William Burns, President Barack Obama's White House counsel, Catherine Rumler, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm. Bard College President Leon Botstein, and Professor Noam Chomsky. When you hear about this, let's be very clear, did we have any inclination that these people had a connection to Jeffrey Epstein or he had potential meetings with them? Now, this breaks very new ground, Jesse. I mean, just take Noam Chomsky, for example. One of the kind of startling things in the article is Noam Chomsky's reaction to it, which is essentially, it's none of your business. He obviously did not want to be confronted with this information. One of the other startlingly new things about this investigation is just where they acquired this information. I think he mentioned Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar. It seems that more evidence is coming forward and it's getting to the heart of something that you set up very well in that introduction, which is in 2008, Jeffrey Epstein pleads guilty to solicitation of prostitution with a minor. 
He is a convicted sex offender. There's a lot of new information about that investigation and how it was actually his conduct was much more expansive than that plea would suggest. And yet he is being welcomed into high society. And we knew that before. I'll just to kind of set that up. We knew that after his brief a stint in a county jail under very permissive and very light terms that he appears to be welcomed with open arms into some very powerful segments of society. And this shows a new chapter of that and how, in fact, one of the people who welcomed, apparently took meetings with him, now leads the CIA, though didn't at the time. Let's get into that a little bit, okay? So let's start with uh, William Burns, who's the now director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Again, this comes from the Wall Street Journal. They're saying he first met Epstein back in 2014 when he was Deputy Secretary of State. He had traveled to Epstein's townhouse in New York, but a CIA spokeswoman told the journal, quote, the director did not know anything about him other than he that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector and offered general advice on transition to the private sector. Why do I feel like that doesn't ring true? How on earth could the somebody who is now the director of the Central Intelligence Agency not have information that the man that he's meeting pled guilty to sex crimes charges in 2008? Does something right. about that not true to you? Well, I do have to say, if that were true, that would be worrying about the Department of State. I mean, is this the type of research that they do with, uh, I would imagine, a Deputy Secretary of State, their time is valuable. Do they take meetings with anyone who says they're in the financial services sector without any kind of investigation or without, were his assistants asleep on the job that day? It does raise so many questions and you're right, it doesn't appear to have that ring of truth, though it's quite interesting the kind of species of reactions that folks had to being confronted with this. You have on the one hand, oh, I had no idea who he was. And then with a couple of other reactions from certain people, Noam Chomsky being one, Bard College administrator being another, saying, oh, I believe that someone who has paid their debt to society, who has done their time, there's nothing wrong with taking that meeting, defending it on the principle of rehabilitation. Yeah, I think that was Noam Chomsky who said that. But you mentioned Bard College President Leon Botstein. I'd like to get into this a little bit because what the Wall Street Journal is saying is that it seems like a lot of these people were having these meetings with Epstein or trying to get in touch with Epstein because they wanted donations from him or they wanted powerful connections. Obviously, that would be very different than the worst case that they were involved in this sex trafficking ring. No one's making that allegation. It's not clear that any of these meetings show that. So let's be very clear about that. But it does raise some eyebrows. So Mr. Botstein had about two dozen meetings scheduled with Epstein over about four years. Most of them, again, were were, like we said uh, with the CIA director, were to Epstein's townhouse. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. 
It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. According to the reporting, Botstein was trying to solicit donations from him. Epstein was a, a, a guest at Bard College in 2013 for an opera, in 2016 for a concert. Botstein told the Wall Street Journal that he knew Epstein was a convicted sex offender, but he believed, like you said, in rehabilitation. And when Epstein visited Bard, he planned each time to bring some uh, young female assistants with him, and he arrived by helicopter. So I believe, and this is a quote from Mr. Botstein to the Wall Street Journal, I was an unsuccessful fundraiser and actually the object of a little bit of sadism on his part in dangling philanthropic support. That was my relationship with him. What's your take on that? That fits right into Jeffrey Epstein's MO. And here's why I say that. He was always dangling and or executing these philanthropic donations. He did that with MIT, which is the, of course, the Noam Chomsky connection right there. And these were very valuable to Jeffrey Epstein. This is something that increased, burnished his brand, uh, made him more of a power player to be seen as this wealthy financier who could really bequeath his largesse to any of these institutions. And also, when we're talking about schools, Jesse, this also raise the issue of access to young people. And I'll Uh. go right back to the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, where this came into the fore. Now, in that case, it wasn't a college. It was a summer camp. One of the victims of Ghislaine Maxwell, who went testified by the pseudonym Jane, was a 14-year-old promising singer at Bard College. Excuse me, at uh, Interlochen, excuse me, a uh, academy in Michigan. And that was where she testified that she met Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, who was a donor of Interlochen at the time and had a lodge, a Jeffrey Epstein lodge since renamed that was in his honor. And why did he give these donations to this college? It was argued by prosecutors and accepted to the jury access to young people. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they changed the name of the lodge. I wonder, I wonder what <laughs> you know facilitated that. Right. Um, I do want to talk to you real quick about President Barack Obama's White House counsel, Catherine Rumler. She played made a big part in this Wall Street Journal article as well. So let me give you apparently like, her connection to Epstein. So she Epstein introduced her to potential clients like Bill Gates back in 2014. Again, this is after Jeffrey Epstein pled guilty in 2008. Epstein called Rumler within weeks of her leaving the Obama administration, planned a lunch with her, followed by a series of meetings to to introduce her to a wider circle of acquaintances. Epstein and his staff, quote, discussed whether Rumler would be uncomfortable with the young women who worked as his assistants and staffers. And then over the next several years, she had more than three dozen appointments with Epstein. She was scheduled to fly with Epstein to Paris in 20. And then in 2017, he planned to stop in St. Lucia to take her to his island home in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I get no indication she actually made these trips. She now works for Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs put out a spokesperson said many of Miss Rumler's contacts related to a potential representation involving the Gates Foundation, a representation of the Edmund de Rothschild Bank, and other business opportunities. Rumler has come out and said, I regret ever knowing Jeffrey Epstein. 
What right. do you think about that? Well, one thing that immediately comes to mind is some investigative journalism long ago by the New York Times about Jeffrey Epstein's relationships and ties to Bill Gates. They had reported back then, essentially, Bill Gates had long disputed any connection to Jeffrey Epstein. And then they splash on the middle of their story. Oh, here's a photo of them together with none other than Jess Staley, J.P. Morgan. And it was clear that there was the Gates Foundation and J.P. Morgan were interested in embarking on an initiative, and there was a meeting at Jeffrey Epstein's townhouse about this initiative. And that goes back to the timing of this investigation. Now, it's not said anywhere in the Wall Street Journal story that this has any connection to the fact that there's massive litigation right now in the Southern District of New York about the financial relationships that Jeffrey Epstein had and how his financial relationships, the ties between that and how it financed, allegedly, his sex trafficking scheme. And that's always at the forefront of my mind here as I read this article, because that litigation is premised on the fact that folks should have known after 2008 goes to their knowledge they knowingly benefit from Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking scheme. That is the question at the heart of multiple federal cases that are happening right now. And when I hear that story, when I hear that this was about a potential deal with the Gates Foundation, that this was the relationship that they were seeking, my ears perk up. And it makes me wonder how much more of this story we're going to hear in federal court in lower Manhattan. I know you're going to follow it. And I'm glad you put it into context because these are really, really in serious and kind of eye-popping revelations, but the fact that you centered it into why it's important in this case and what it means overall, I think that's important. Let's make sense of it. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's see where this story goes. Adam Klasfeld, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're headed to court right now, right? You're headed to which trial are you headed to cover? The E. Jean Carroll trial, the E. Jean Carroll versus yep. Trump. Her testimony no, nothing continues. Too, nothing too big there. Nothing too big. <laughs> yeah. it's simply, you know, just uh, rape allegations against a former president of the United States. You know, something Welcome that's to 2023, sometime. everybody. Welcome <laughs> to 2023. Who knows what to expect next? Adam, appreciate it. Thank you so much. I encourage everyone to listen to uh, Adam's Objections podcast as well, uh, where he does terrific reporting and interviews. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me, Jesse. All right, that's all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.